Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, the only watch podcast that knows it's not a princess, it's a waitress. You have made it all the way to episode 183. Michael, how are you doing? What is up? Welcome back. You're welcoming back. It's good to be back. <laughs> that just hung up on me like, oh, thank you. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, nerd. Uh, no, it's good. Thanks for holding it down with, uh, with Baird. Uh, last week when I had to self-isolate and cry a lot and you know all of that stuff yeah some things to work through no thank Mm. Bear dude Bear held it down Um, it was super cool having him on the show huge shout out to TBW's contributor uh, uh, Bear uh, Bear joined me last week on the show. We did an episode focused, um, episode 182, we did an episode focused on um, American watches, so like pre-courts crisis, like post-courts crisis, and then sort of like the current state of um, American watches. Oh, actually, in in regards to that, I will I would like to give a shout out to Weiss Watches in regards to the current state of American watches because um, I knew there was a brand I was forgetting, and we were talking about Orion, Nick Harris. We were talking about DM Tiffany over in Arizona. We were talking about RGM in Lancaster, and I knew we were forgetting someone. Uh, I'll give a shout-out to Weiss Watches as well for holding it down in terms of uh, innovating and trying to research you know, American watchmaking. So, um, so, yeah, huge thank you to, to, to Baird. But, Michael, happy happy to have you back back here. What's new? What's new with you? I imagine not much. Pretty uneventful times, right? Actually, it's pretty eventful. Uh, you know, we, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but we just, um, we bought a home, like a house house. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing to see that the second you move in, something breaks every single day. Absolutely. Every day. <laughs> I was doing yard work yesterday, though. That felt really, really good. That was interesting. That was soothing. I was what like, did you do? What were you wearing? Did you were you in full dad watch mode, rocking like an old Casio, like a digital Casio? No, I have the watch that I'm wearing today, and it's uh, I can talk about it during the wrist check. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, let's save it for the wrist check. Yeah, but I was uh, I was I wish I had some like dad clothes, dad yard clothes. I don't know. I was in like a joggers and a t-shirt, so didn't really feel too cool. But next uh, time, do it in like a full suit. A full suit, <laughs> like a full, just like a full, like with the nice shoes, a full suit. Oh man, your neighbors are, <laughs> will definitely start talking about you. <laughs> Do you have an HOA? Do you have an you have an HOA there, right? We have an HOA, but and, and you know the the place is really manicured. Like they keep the um, you know the greenery and the gardens like very nice. But uh, right after we moved in, they said, well, a lot of people were complaining about. Uh, what we were doing to their <clears throat> gardens and their plants and what have you. And uh, so we've switched to a new gardening co- landscaping company and uh, you're all going to have to <laughs> do your own trimming and weeding and things like that. So did your HOA fee go down? Nope. Yeah. I think that's caused a riot. <laughs> it's riot season. It's riot uh, season, man. All right. <laughs> I think that's caused a riot as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But it was it was therapeutic in a way, so um, I was happy to do it. That's so cool. But here, let's do this episode one eighty three. This is going to be a lot of fun, actually, because I think this is a topic that no other wad podcast would touch, or no other people would touch. Because it's also it, it, in true TVWS fashion, it, it requires us motherfuckers to look at ourselves very critically. In addition to uh, a bit more introspection than some people might be comfortable. I love looking at myself critically. 
I, it's what I do. I, I, I love looking at myself with negative criticism. That's kind of, that's kind of my thing. It's not like I'm like, oh, you know, I did, I did enough work today. That's never like a critical thought that I have. <laughs> Most issues and weights of the world falls on me. Like, oh, the NASDAQ was down because I didn't take my cups to the dishwasher. Like, I try and find most reasons or the most problems in the world to blame, blame on me. So that's how I, I, that's how I critically look at myself and my place uh, on this earth. But I... It's horrible. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Hold on. I did move this coffee cup. But here, let's do this. Episode 183 is going to be a lot of fun, actually. It's essentially a discussion that Michael and I wanted to have on air, discussing in free form, why why do watches make us happy? I've heard other kinds of discussions like this, and it's like, oh, well, if you like fashion or if you like styling your watch to your clothing, yeah, that's not a fucking answer to me. Okay, that's very stupid. That's a stupid answer. That's a very surface level answer to me i believe there's something more behavioral there's more psychological going on in regards to why hardcore watch family members love watches no uh, i mean well I, i shouldn't say no other but there are only so many hobbies where 20 grown men can have an hour discussion about like bezel width you know what i mean (laughs) You know, like 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 a war room situation discussion around like a bezel width and the merits of a GMT bezel versus like a diver bezel or like a sandwich style or like also the idea of certain little things upsetting people so much. I got the date window at four. <sighs> like you know what I mean? It's like this. There's clearly more than just like oh, I like to match my watch to to my belt. That's fucking stupid. All right. If, if, if you tune into another show and they're just like, oh, I, I think it's because people like, you know, choosing watches that match the feelings that they have that day. No, I think there's something there's more. I think there's something more disgusting going on. There's more dearth in the discussion of why watches make us happy, because I think it also implies the inverse of asking ourselves why watches make us so upset sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I I I've only been thinking about this recently in those types of terms, you know, like why watches make us happy. And so Michael and I thought it'd be a lot of fun to just um just jump on there and just have like a super, super loose but thoughtful discussion around the idea. So episode one eighty three, happiness behind watches? Question mark. Um which is like an inside joke, apparently, if you tune into our Patreon b- before the clap special. Um very Ron Burgundy. So, episode one eighty three: happiness behind watches, or why do watches make us happy? Either way, they're both questions. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I'm just trying to prepare. Don't prepare. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Don't prepare. You know what I mean? We can't prepare. Preparing is like is like fumbling with a condom post coupling. Like your brain gets in different. We just gotta go with it, man. You know what I mean, and yeah. and come whatever happen, come whatever may, consequences be damned. You know what I'm saying? Uh, by the way, no one ever take life advice from me. But here, let's do this. Did the intro? Let's jump into the wrist check. Um, I spent a lot of time talking just now. I'm curious because you referenced what you were actually doing your 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 lawn 
yard care with and it's the watch you're doing a wrist check with what are you what are you wearing for 183 yeah it's even got some some fresh uh wrist cheese just Ugh. embedded <laughs> under this strap uh, <sighs> the best no i'll I, tell you so, about wrist cheese in a second too yeah i have, I have a wrist cheese story wrist cheese story okay cool <laughs> no it's the uh it's the seiko sbdy 015 black dial turtle this is the kanji this is the kanji date wheel I just found an article. Apparently, it's the third generation version of what was introduced back in, I want to say, 2015 or mm-hmm. something, something like that. So, yeah, it's just the Black Dial Prospects Seiko Turtle reissue. Um, this one being a third generation and intended for the Japanese market. Yeah, like you said, it comes with with a kanji day wheel and uh, the Japan dial. So So cool. Um, I'm, I've been wearing it on the, uh, actually I, I've been wearing this watch. I want to say since Friday, it's Sunday right now. I took it off to go for a run and that's why you saw the CWC on that, those Slack photos yesterday. Mm. But when I got home, I put this, this watch on and it's just, (laughs) I put it back on the stock Seiko rubber strap and it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, another another reason uh, I got I got really jealous seeing uh, who who got one of those um, Seiko clones that we were talking about in Slack. Oh, uh, one of the Patreon contributors. I think it was Josh or Kevin. It, it, I think it was I think it was Josh, and that thing is really cool. But it's really out. cool looking, isn't it? Sold out after after the Spencer Klein videos. Oh not, wow! Not, su- not surprisingly, but. This thing has a, a similar vibe to it. Um, again, it's after not wearing this watch for a bit, um, especially on the rubber, you really start to realize how how big it is compared to something like an SKX. Um, but it's still good. Uh, you know, it's it's Sunday today, so I get the red kanji character, and it's it's a uh, it's a great watch to wear over the over the weekend. And I think this is the version that's going to stick you know forever because i every time i sold one of these it was always like oh well it'd be cool to have like a kanji day wheel but i don't really want to mod it right Um, you know so this this comes stock uh with with a lot of those little extras that people get nerdy about um i guess how much of those seiko those those seiko clones that josh on the patreon slack how much those things cost dude it was like 179 probably you might break 200 shipping yeah it's they're 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 really cool but naturally if if uh spencer klein is gonna post a video about them um they're not gonna last very long no i guess not that's crazy man super cool yeah i um you know one thing I, i i maybe this week i'm probably gonna get an uncle seiko um rubber strap for this one Oh just, yeah, just for the look, you know. The look, the rubber strap Seiko look. Well, yeah, this one the vents are a little bit more modern uh, on these newer Seiko rubber straps. So I, I want to get the ones that came with the sixty three oh nines back in the day, mm. um, and Uncle Seiko makes those. So might pick one of those up and uh, change the look a little bit because this this is also one of those watches that completely transforms based on on what strap you have oh yeah um 
so yeah this this seiko turtle man it's uh still reminds me of a time when seiko was uh doing reissues that were very very affordable kind of no-brainer hits um, you know, you know what's funny. I, I think one day someone's gonna ask me like, oh, "What was one of the most eventful things that happened in your lifetime?" And I'm gonna be like, "Okay, was it 9/11? No. <laughs> was it COVID-19? No. I know what it was. It was the day Seiko lost its fucking mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just completely became disconnected and disillusioned with the. I don't want to say affordable diver crowd because then that's immediately going to incite the knee-jerk reaction from the family, from the watch family segment of people who are just like, well, you just mad because you can't afford it. We're like, yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> Obviously, I'm mad because I can't aff- I can't afford it. But at the same time, it's also like a huge fuck you to because the impetus for Seiko to even have become a huge fan favorite is those people who couldn't afford yeah. $1,000, $2,000 watches and who were buying SKXs and incredible quality Seiko 5s for the money and uh, Prospects models, you know what I mean? Prospect models that weren't $2,000. Like, there yeah. are there are, there are Seiko Presage models that are more than Grand Seiko models. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, I mean... So, and that's that's, part- so I'm, I'm going to tell the person that was the life event. Like, not, not 9-11 or COVID or any of this other shit. It's, the, it's, the, it's Seiko losing its goddamn mind. That's it. That's that's that that's that's my life event that I'm going to remember. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's this, this watch, this Seiko Turtle, just black dial reminds me of when these oh, things wow. came out and people lost their shit because it was just a total no-brainer. Um, not very expensive, just very faithful in terms of, of being a reissue. Yeah, and it just wasn't expensive. Um, it, you know, when these came out, uh, I think I had just gotten married. You know, starting out, new job, uh, into watches, but not, not with a lot of money or anything right. like that. Uh, so when these came out, I, I I was super excited, and I've had ugh, three or four. You've had a few in your time, from what I I'm trying to remember all of them. You've had a few, and I don't like I I only really like the black dial. I don't like the blue one. I don't like the Pepsi one. I don't like the one with sharks on it. <laughs> save the ocean style. they're very pretty but th- this is by far, by far my favorite the Seiko save the ocean versions have been getting a little a little <laughs> children's room room wallpaper like yeah. through each through each iteration when they first started they were very abstract in regards to like the whole ocean motif which I thought was awesome but yeah. then, like, as time went on, we started getting a little bit more, like, baby crib mobile. It's like, okay, like, there's, there's, there's a level of tolerance with which I'm willing to give you in regards to hitting your theme on the head. But now we're just punching it in the mouth. Like, I get it. It's the ocean. But, like, yeah. Now it's got, like, it's got, like, waves on it or something like that. Yeah. Another, like, another like crayon waves or some shit, you know? A, another good thing about this watch, somebody asked me, I think in the Slack channel the other day, it's like, oh, Mike, are you going to get this new? I, I think, so there's another 62 MAS reissue. It's like a thousand something dollars or All maybe, right. maybe, maybe like 800 or almost 900 on Seiya. And it's like, are you going to get this? And I, I think my response was, I'm, I'm done with mid tier Seiko, you know, because. I don't really need anything more than something with a four R thirty six. Yeah. Um, you know, in a good case that's that's just solid. Cause that's basically all of prospects for the most part. I mean if you break it down in those types of ter- in those types of terms, yeah. You know? So I don't know. If I get Seiko, 
There's one that I've been thinking about, but it's kind of different in the Prospects line, and it's the Arnie, the new Arnie. I think it's pretty cool. That's kind of hard to. That's kind of hard to resist. <laughs> it is it, quite gargantuan. It's, isn't it like forty-eight millimeters? No, 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 no. But you know what's great about that watch? It's 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 a really really good reissue. Mm-hmm. But they're not they're not charging like thousand plus for it. I think you can get it for four fifty, which is what you would pay for. I don't know some turtles so it's it's a it's another brief moment in time where when seiko said okay we're gonna put this out and it's gonna be probably because it's quartz they know people people there's a certain amount of money people are willing to pay for a quartz watch and there's certain amount of money people are not willing to pay for a quartz no watch. dude they they made a quartz golden tuna reissue and it was like 2000 something oh shit you're right okay <laughs> it's just it's up to them it's up to okay. them what they do so, so i will distribute some props to seiko in regards to the, an appropriate handling for the army but i'll reserve the rest of my props because they're just out of the goddamn minds and the rest and the rest of everything else i will say do you Fair. remember that prospects model um oh my god what was it it i think it was one of the first prospects with a spring drive the trans ocean yeah they're not really popular anymore weird case weird cases very it, futuristic for say yes yeah 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 yeah. do these things have a spring drive am i crazy you know this one's automatic no, they, they had some of them had spring drive yeah there's an automatic one here i'm on shopping in japan.net this is where i actually bought my orange star gmt from the uh wz0071 dj it's a great site um this thing's 1100 bucks blue dial i love the case on here i don't know why it's super like weird futuristic looking i love the hands this is an expensive prospects model which i've always really liked but yeah you're right they're not very popular i don't know why they put the last time i saw them put spring drive in something that was um <clears throat> not grand seiko were those gmts that they did it was like uh it came in batman colors there was a it was, mm. it was a blue and black bezel and it was a spring drive gmt movement and it cost i think it was maybe 400 dollars less than the Grand Seiko Spring Drive GMT. It's completely ridiculous, like a pointless, pointless product. I'm sure people bought it though. Yeah, because they want the Batman colors. As a collecting group, we're all pretty fucking stupid, I think. I think the reason the state of the watch industry is really annoying sometimes is because as a group, we're all quite dumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there is happiness in watch collecting, which we'll get to. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to as soon as we get to this wrist check. Here, is it my turn? <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was kind of long-winded, but yeah, I'm wearing the no, Seiko, good, Seiko good. Turtle. Um, my wrist check I'm gonna make super quick because I also want to do the uh, Patreon audio wrist check shout-outs. You can uh, take your time, it's your show. It's definitely not my show. I'm <laughs> I'm here I'm here as a forum for, for you and your thoughts. You're the, You're the fun one. I can't do this on my own. I'm I'm the fun one in the same way like Sean William Scott's probably funny. Like I could take maybe an hour and a half of Sean William Scott. Like <laughs> any film more than that is like, oh my god, like dude, we get it. You have like a weird comedic beaver thing going on. Like fuck man. You know? Oh, or or Ashton Kutcher before he started hunting down like child predators. Like there's only such an appropriate amount of time with which that I can actually be, you know, in front, uh, in front of people. That's why Michael and I have chosen to only make the show an hour and a half. If if it wasn't going to be constant and a detriment to the actual world public, this shit would be two hours long or three hours long. But because you know we care about you guys, we don't want to uh, 
uh, you know, do that to you. You know what I, I mean? I just discovered that it's a new regular thing to have podcasts that are three and a half hours long. You people don't want to hear me talk for three hours long, okay? That's crazy. It goes, it goes Holocaust, mustard gas, Kaz's personality. Like, that's the pecking <laughs> order of just detrimental Bad world events. <laughs> Got it. Holocaust, mustard gas, Kaz's personality. Putting it into that's perspective. It. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, my wrist check, yes. Um, so, for today's episode, I am wearing, as a sending off gift, in a good way, not a bad way, um, I'm wearing my vintage Omega Seamaster 30, 1962 Omega uh, uh, .286 caliber movement. Um, this is a watch I actually bought forever ago. Dude, this is when you were still living in Miami. I think I bought it in your old living room in that place that had the fountains that had like weird blue golf water. Like yeah, they, golf they, water. they put food coloring in the fountains. <laughs> yeah, I, blue... <laughs> I can you imagine nice, that? Nice, nice place that. to live though. Can you imagine that conversation? I'm, I'm, you know, the fountains don't look right. What's wrong with the fountains? They're not, the, the water doesn't look blue. Well, water is not generally blue if it's not in the ocean. Yeah, but the water's gotta look blue. Just put food coloring in there. They're just, they're just pouring like, 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 it probably isn't even food coloring. It's probably just like blue antifreeze. They're just like poisoning <laughs> the environment. Cause like, oh, the antifreeze is blue. I'll just pour some antifreeze into the uh, into the fountain and we'll have the added benefit of it not freezing over which is obviously a huge concern in fucking Miami in, in Miami yeah <laughs> but I bought this watch um, in your living room at the at the place at the time uh, Omega Seamaster Master 30 1962 .286 caliber I am wearing it um, as a last hoorah uh, I have been trying to find a place to service this watch for a long time the hands, uh, they don't move very smoothly when the crown is activated. It doesn't wind very smoothly. I opened the case back recently to take a look in there to see if it's like all like to see if there's like squirrels living in there. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite beautiful and quite clean in there. I think the big issue is, is that um, it just needs to be relubed, um, have everything maybe taken apart, cleaned a little bit, and put back together. But every single like watch like operation or ma and pa store that I've tried to show to here in Orlando. I'm in the Orlando area. They won't touch it. They won't touch it or it'll be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to have to change the dial or, oh, we'll do it, but it'll be like $700. And it's like, dude, no, like, fuck you, man. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for $400, you know? And so I've just been sitting on it. Uh, Then... To my rescue came TBW's contributor again, Baird. Uh, Baird actually services and works on old manual wine vintage watches for fun. And so he and I were talking on Slack and I'm like, hey man, you know, uh, you know, anybody know what to do with this thing? And he actually chimed in. He's like, what did he say? He's like, oh, is it running? I'm like, yeah, it's running. It just needs to be like looked at like. I need somebody to just open it up, spit in it, and then close it back up. Just ready to see or just re- re- essentially relube it, you know? Uh, and, and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, I can do that. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, not spitting. He's, he's not going to spit one watch. That's horrible. He's going to take it apart because he's actually done it before for other TBWS contributors. And so I'm like, yeah, man, let's let's do this. So I'm going to wear it. I'm wearing it today. I'm going to get it in the mail. I'm going to get it mailed over to him. 
um, he's going to look at it and then um, once he gets an idea of what it looks like, he and I are going to talk and figure out price because, um, you know, just if it's only going to take him like not that much time, then, you know, whatever, but it's going to take him a long time, then obviously, you know, it, that's just... Anytime you service a watch, normally the amount of time that goes into it is what's going to dictate like the costs. So obviously simple hand-wound movements aren't going to take as much time as like a chronograph movement, you know? Yeah. Just because there's more parts, there's more you have to do, blah, blah, blah. And um, that time is also exponentially increased if you have to resource parts or if you have to find new parts, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm really excited to send it over to Baird. Um, I think what we're going to try and do also, and I pitched this idea to him and I don't know how he responded to it. So sorry, Baird, if you're not down with this, but I'm talking about it on air anyway. I think it'd be really cool if we created like a piece of content on the two book watch knob site around that, like what actually like goes into servicing your watch, like at a general high level, like what goes into servicing your watch in terms of like testing on the time grapher, opening it up, what he as essentially a watch servicer what his prog process is for getting a watch, putting it on the bench, determining what needs to happen to it. You know what I mean? So, what if he just I, heard his? If you heard his voice right now over your headphones, just going no, <laughs> Kaz, no. But like, oh well, <laughs> I'd have lots of questions. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd assume I was living in some type of just type of some type of Truman Show scenario, in which case all of my paranoid inclinations would be justified. You know? <laughs> oh, I feel Some, like I'm being spied on all the time. Dude, constantly. Someone's totally watching me masturbate in the shower. Like, yeah. every time. <laughs> this is a family show, goddammit. <laughs> I'll only accept decapitation and eye gouging on this show. No talk of masturbation. This is a PG. This is a PG show, Michael. <laughs> well, hold on. That might be a lost reference. Were we talking about movie violence in Before the Clap? Or that was Before the Clap. I think it was before the clap we are talking about movie violence. Well, if none of you people listened to our Patreon special before the clap, you have no idea what the fuck my inside joke is. You guys about, are missing so. out. You should go to Patreon and yeah. uh, support. Yeah, here, let's let's do this. Um, well, before we get to housekeeping, Michael, would you like to do our Patreon audio wrist check shoutouts? Yeah, I don't have a list in front of me. but I have it in front of me. I was doing it while you were doing your wrist check. That's how prepared I am. Okay. Wow. I am on, on the I am I am an eleventh hour worker. I don't know. <laughs> me too. Someone told that to me, and I'm like, that perfectly describes every single aspect of my life. But you I continue. I, mean? I continue to excel, and it's really bothersome. And one day, it's going to catch up to me. <laughs> Dude, <That's> Baird. <laughs> last week, Baird and I talked about failing up. It's a thing, <laughs> man. It's a thing. You know, but here, let's do this. I'm actually really, really stoked for this. I would love to do our first Patreon audio wrist check shout out to the legendary Watches Off. Oh, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Watches Off slash Miles. And huge kudos for choosing for your audio, for Patreon audio wrist check. Dude, go to the Slack channel. And look for his Orion calamity with um, the GMT bezel. Oh, I've been wanting one of these. Do you, you want me to send you a picture? <clears throat> no, I've I've seen it. So, all right. So, uh, so, so, watches off at watches off. He's on Instagram actually. He's probably look. There's a there's a top tier of of watch photographers on Instagram who I I will 
just send as much respect and adulations to, if that's a word, as I possibly humanly can. There's probably three or four, and Watches Off is 100% one of them because he's also one of the first watch photographers that I ever saw on Instagram who made me like stop on a photo and say like, holy fuck, like this is incredible. I think we, we probably one of the first people we gave kudos to on, I think, a photography episode where we were, we were going yes. through some honorable mentions of photographers. Hell yeah. And so go and check out his Instagram channel. It's at watches off. So the word watches and then the word off. We still oh, double Estrella. He still has that Estrella. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, so uh, so uh, watches off. Miles has chosen to uh, do um, his Patreon audio wrist check shout out with the Orion Calamity. Um, this is the so it's the it's a GMT uh, bezel, but it's stainless. Do you have it in front of you? Trying to find it on the channel. I know I've seen it before, but go to the search bar and just type in Orion Calamity, and then you'll see one of his comments that just says Orion Calamity with exclamation point, and then just click on that, and it'll open up a picture. Let's see. I also love that he got this watch because he gets to now use his photographic ability on this fucking watch. Um, so the Orion Calamity is super, super cool. I think in terms of the microbrand world, it was pretty controversial because um, Nick Harris over at Orion Watches, before this watch came out, so if you're not familiar with, with Nick Harris and Orion Watches, how fucking crazy is this thing? Um, so Nick started as essentially, and we talked about him actually last week on the American Watches episode because he's based here in the States. He started as a Seiko modder. He went to watch school out in Seattle by you. Um started uh his brand orion uh watches there with the uh i think the watch that people recognize early on from him was the field standard we have an orion watches field standard review on the site but around that time his watch uh the watches he was putting out the price point was in like the three four or five hundred dollar area you know what i mean um yeah <clears throat> and then the calamity came out the orion calamity's first like proper dive watch and this thing ha i had a much higher price point for an obvious reason i think it's like 50. it's the he got the who the fuck do you think you are reaction <sighs> from the from, from the watch family from yeah. from the, all, all those pickle <clears throat> to quote modest mouse all of us pickle fuckers you know what i'm saying <laughs> and, it's, and i really think he can only respond by saying i'm just trying to be better <laughs> Like which me, is which is which is appropriate because the amount of engineering and design and detail that went into this thing was nuts because he actually teased the calamity on um on the episode we had him on forever ago. Do you remember that? Yeah. He said his next project was a diver with a curved case back. He really that did was, call he really did call in from the future. He called it. <laughs> <laughs> the audio was so bad. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Called in from the fucking future, man. So he, he teased that watch on air like god forever ago. Um episode like nineteen, I think we had him on. Yeah. Um and this watch is incredible. The actually design behind this thing is nuts. I love the second hands on here. This the it has the trademark big knurled crown that you see on um other Orion models. I have heard nothing but incredible things about this watch yeah you know and so i'm super stoked huge shout out to watches off for getting this in getting it with this fucking bezel i think this combo is perfect it has like some seriously cool almost i'm trying to think of a way to say it modern like explorer 2 vibes you know what i'm trying to say 
Yeah, I had one for a bit for review. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I met up with him here in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, just for some quick initial hands-on photos. They're great watches, man. Um, yeah. And I love that he went with the steel, uh, stainless mm. steel bezel for the twelve-hour option. It just gives the watch a totally different vibe. But if you do, Perfect. if you go for the uh, the dive bezel, I think it's actually ceramic, but matte. Matte ceramic, yeah. That's like um, in. It's so hot right now. Yeah, yeah. Really, there's there's nothing else quite like it. Um, that contour on on the back is just to die for. It's really cool. Super, super cool. But I can see the big, the big, huge orange seconds hand, which you would, it looks like it got pulled from a racing chronograph. I was going to say, it reminds me of those old, like, um, um, 7733, like 60s and 70s chronos. You'd see, like, those random, like, lejeures and shit like that that were floating around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very, very cool. Very unique watch. So cool. Huge shout out. Watch is off. Awesome watch, man. Second Patreon audio wrist check shout out goes to. Uh, let's see this here. Um, OG TBWS fan, huge shout out to at my scurfa stories slash also requested to be called uh, Mike M. You know who you are, dude. Uh, at my scurfa story slash Mike M. Doing an audio wrist check uh, uh, shout out with the. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to send this to you here. I want to send you the reference because I haven't looked it up yet because I want us to look it up in real time because I am not familiar with this one. I just slack it to you. Oh, I'm not good with these. Let's, let's look it up. <laughs> so huge audio wrist check shout out to at my story slash Mike M checking in with the Seiko Lordmatic 5606-7000. That's a cool bracelet. This is such a cool watch. The whole like... Seiko, Lord Manic, Lord Marvel, King Seiko's 60s and 70s thing that like happened, I know so little about, but every time I see one, it's really cool. I could totally see this, these those these 60s and 70s and like early, early like, you know, Seiko Lord Matic or King Seiko, whatever the fuck they are, these models, I could totally see where the Saab 033 and 035 came from. Yeah, I've got one. Well, I don't. I have. I don't have one of those here. I have the Sarb. Let's take a look. Right. You know what I mean? It's this sort of dressy but sport-looking uh, sort of vibe going on. This thing is so cool. Like this is an area of vintage Seikos. I guess I wish people gave more of a shit about, and not just the divers and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh like oh man Mar- you know Mar- Marlon Brando got donuts with this watch on it's like oh my god you know what I mean it's like I don't I don't know if I give enough shits about that you know but this thing is fucking so cool <clears throat> excuse me oh. you have your starb in front of you I thought I was in this box but maybe I lost it it's not in this box this is what happens when you move it's fucking I might have lost a Sarb. That's fun. You'll find it. I hope so. You, you always do. Seikos always find their way to you. That's what we've <laughs> learned at this show. <laughs> they always come back. Seikos are your cursed monkey paw, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but this Seiko is really, really cool. I love the bracelet. It almost has like a weird angular beads of rice thing going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I see it. I'm curious, um, um, uh, at my Scurpa story slash Mike M, dude, do you have like the, this, 
bracelet on here? Here, let's look. Let's go to his Instagram. Fuck it. Doing this on air. I'm a professional social media stalker. Oh my god, dude. I've been doing this since before it was cool. <laughs> okay, I see it here. He's got it on a leather strap in that photo. So he might just be rocking it on the leather. It yeah, looks, looks really fucking good in leather. Because you get a sense... Actually, dude, look, okay. Do you have a picture of this Lord Matic in front of you? This 5606-7000? Mm-hmm. Look at the lugs. Do you see the lugs, how it has that sort of angle shape going on? Yeah. Doesn't that remind you of the new Grand Seiko, like, lion case shape or whatever that fucking came out? A little bit, yeah. <clears throat> it's more aggressive around the lugs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> more conducive, I think, to an integrated uh, bracelet. Yeah. Maybe that was maybe this was the inspiration for those. I'm not like a psychologist, so um, you guys can send me all your fucking angry emails you want. They're gonna fall on deaf ears. It's like, of course, of course, it's what I did. Cash. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like, I said no. All right, I have a job, <laughs> man. I have a job and I do this. Okay, there's there's tons of shit I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this thing is super super cool. Um, for me, two absolutely excellent fucking watches to do our Patreon audio wrist checks with. So, huge shout out to Watches Off rocking the Orion Calamity with the GMT bezel, stainless steel bezel. So fucking cool. Looking forward to your photos. And a huge shout out to at my story slash Mike M rocking the Seiko Lordmatic uh, uh, 5606-7000. Also, huge shout out to Skurfa. I mean, he has obviously... Skurfas on his channel, so huge mm-hmm. shout out to microbrand Skurfa. Uh, we, we definitely love those watches here. If you want to get in on the Patreon audio wrist check um, shout out fun, just go and check out our Patreon page. We have a whole bunch of really cool stuff on there as well. You can get in on the audio wrist check where basically I'll just do what Michael and I did for the past like I don't know ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, we do we're doing two per episode. And we're you know going through it right now. If you are already opted in and you haven't heard from me, please be patient. I am literally going and contacting, or it's going to be me or my wife, contacting you individually to see how you want us to shout you out, whether you want to do like an IG handle or your name or your initials and then which watch you want to choose. So if you're waiting to hear from me, please be patient. If you haven't checked that Patreon and you want to get it on the audio risk check, go and check it out. You can also get access to Before the Clap, which is the recording that Michael and I do. It's like a 30 to 40 minute recording that we do getting ready for the show. Yeah. Um, each week. In addition to that, you can find out how to get access to eBay Deep Dives with Kaz. I'm Kaz. That's who's talking right now. Where I basically I do a screen share. I go on eBay and I look at Soviet watches and I call out stuff that's real, stuff that's fake, and maybe give you guys some. I mean, definitely give you guys some tips and tricks on how to, um, you know, find Soviet watch models that you're lusting after. Um, we have an episode on Kirov up. I have an episode on vintage Vostok amphibias. I'm working on an episode, I think, for the Polyot Signal, and I need to do another one as well. I'm not sure which one to do. Um, I could do like the Raketa Perpetual Calendar, the fake Perpetual Calendar. So there's an endless amount of stuff we can do. So check out the Patreon page. There's a whole bunch of really cool shit going on um, over there. And thank you to everyone that is supporting us. And also, obviously, you can get access to the Patreon Slack. Um, which has turned into an incredible source of entertainment for me. Michael, did you catch the hour-long discussion that everyone was having uh, about, I think, chicken sandwiches? No, I did not. (laughs) It's a very in-depth conversation. And Baird jumped in there. Baird and I were talking about chicken sandwiches 
uh, uh, not on air, but he and I had a very, very frank discussion about, uh, you know, the appropriate execution of the fried chicken sandwich. So, okay. And then sometimes we talk about watches. It's basically just a huge, big, just fun discussion. That's also kind of centered around Tuba Rush Knob. So if you want to get in on the, on the, on the Patreon Slack fun as well, just check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Um In addition to that, check out the site, twobookwashknobs.com. There's a lot of really cool shit going on. Huge shout out to Mike Razak, Mike Razak. I, cannot, I can never remember how to say your name, bro. Uh, TBDS contributor, Mike Razak. I'll say Razak, fuck it. Um, he did a review of the super new... Seiko SRP E51. It's one of these new Seiko 5X, uh, 5KX pieces, but it's the one with the fixed bezel where it's clear they're trying to make it look like a Seiko mod as like a dress watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, really, really cool write up on that. Also, check out Greg Bedrosi and Senior TBDs, Senior TBDs contributors review of the Notice Retrospect Obsidian Black. Um, also, there's a really cool press piece on um, a new Mido release, the Mido Ocean Star GMT. Uh, you know, Mido has continued to iterate on the Ocean Star you know line, and this time they've done it with this GMT movement. Really cool press write up by um, TBDs contributor Baird Brown, who you guys know by now. I've mentioned him a ton on the show. Um, do, 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 do. In terms of housekeeping, any other items? No, I think we can talk about happiness or lack thereof. <sighs> I really don't want to. There, yeah, 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 lack thereof. That's, 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 what, I, that's what I want to talk about. But here, let's do. Yeah, let's get let's get into the main topic. Oh my god, I have to close. I have to close our Slack channel. Everyone keeps talking. <laughs> I have to do the thing where it's like <laughs> you group the notifications and then show them to me uh, like two hours at a time. Oh, that's pretty cool. I never known that was a thing. I'm not like a, I'm not very slack savvy. Some of these guys go bananas all day. I'm like, do you have jobs? <laughs> yes, and they're talking to us from their jobs. You oh, know? Man. But fun. here, let's do this main topic. I I think we as a collecting group really do need to understand what about watches you know, makes us happy? Is it the actual object of the watch? Is there something inherent within the process of hunting or purchasing watches that makes us happy? Because on all of our paths towards becoming thoughtful collectors, it's something that we do have to have an appropriate grasp on. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to be a victim of brand marketing, brand consumerism, and you'll continue to accrue and buy watches without ever actually feeling fulfilled. You'll be the Captain Barbosa of the watch collecting world. Well, all you want to eat is a great big bushel of apples and they'll just taste like ash. You know what I mean? We have to figure out a way to get on an appropriate path to feel fulfilled. And understanding why in the first place we even like watches, I think is pretty you know inherent in that. Um, Michael, I know I've been caught in that cycle. Have you been caught in that cycle where you're just like, if I just buy the right watch or if I just buy this watch, I'm going to feel happiness. And like, yeah, you buy the watch and then maybe a week or two after the honeymoon phase, you just feel empty. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I think, and I think part of my mistake there, I don't know if you do this, but <clears throat> I actually keep a list. Yeah. In a, an ideal running list <clears throat> of what my collection looks like. And so then I'll put that list in front of me. And then if I get a watch, I'll highlight that name and, you know, color it in green or something because now I have that watch. Right. And what I've noticed um, throughout the years is that list keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Interesting. Which is a, a good exercise because 
you know, first of all, you you find that you're actually going to be happier with less. Um, and that's true for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes I, I will get something and be like, well, I really didn't need this or this really isn't fulfilling anything for me other than a spot on a list uh, yeah. of some kind of obsolete tool. Ironically, that obsolescence is what attracts us in many ways. Uh, personally, for me, there there is some happiness derived from uh, knowing that I have this little tool on my wrist that uh, isn't really necessary at all. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not really an expressive person. Mm. So I, I think that this is that one avenue where I can express myself as well. So... I don't wear any jewelry. I don't wear crazy clothes. That's an interesting point, actually. I, dude, I, moving really put my clothes situation into perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I have four gray t-shirts hanging in the closet right now. Uh, and then I've got a couple of joggers and a pair of jeans. Um, and that's it. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a lot of clothing either. But you actually bring up an interesting point. So watch collecting watches being very male dominated, stereotypically, um, and I'm saying this in a negative way, dudes are generally not encouraged to vocally express themselves or visually express, you know, how they feel. So a lot of the times, like, you know, we won't wear quote unquote expressive or loud clothing or, um, or, or we won't express something about our style or our personality in a way that's overt. A lot of the times men are encouraged to express themselves either A, not at all, or like subtly, like, oh, if you're feeling saucy today, <laughs> if you're feeling saucy today, you can wear your your fun socks. It's like, well, why don't I just hang myself with my fucking socks? That's expressive of how I feel. You know did what I, I mean? Did I tell you my, my dad baseball story? Did I tell you my dad baseball story? <laughs> What's your dad baseball story? He He wanted me to stop being afraid of the ball. Uh-huh. And so he threw it at my face one time purposely. Okay. How'd that so go? I would, so I would get hit by the ball, I would cry, and then he'd give me the there's no crying in baseball speech. And it was great. <laughs> cry? There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> I literally got that speech. And uh I mean I wasn't afraid of the ball anymore, but now I don't cry. Um <laughs> There you go, right? So that's I was that's expression. I, guess. I was on a date with a girl forever ago, God, forever ago, and we were like ice skating because, like, when you give it, when you, when you pretend to give a shit, you do things you don't want to do. So I was ice skating, and like, I don't know how to fucking ice skate. I'm a brown guy from Florida. The last thing I'm doing is ice skating. You know what I mean? I only the the only thing I know how to do better than ice skating is drowning. You know what I mean? It's like I just don't want to fucking go ice skating. So I'm, so I'm ice skating, and I'm I'm clutching the wall, and I'm just like, and she's like, she's like, oh, why aren't you skating? I was like, I I failed to mention I don't know how to skate. You know what I mean? And so she's trying to show me how to skate and she can tell I'm very nervous. And so I guess in the spirit of the moment to try and be like a romantic John Cusack movie, I'm dating myself, or a romantic Hugh Grant movie, she shoved me as hard as she could onto the ice. So I fell. And I'm just like, I'm like, I guess I'm going to fight a girl in the middle, in the middle of this, <laughs> middle of this ice. I mean, that's, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm above it. I'm just saying I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> right. You know? And I'm and I'm you know I'm like I'm like why'd you put me why would you why'd you shove me? She's like, she's like oh well I was just getting you over your fear, Michael. Like how your dad threw a baseball at your face. Yeah. This chick shoved me to the ice. I'm getting you over your fear of uh, of falling on the ice. 
Um, obviously, it didn't work. I never called that person ever again. Fuck her. I hope she's dead. I mean, that's a really <laughs> stupid thing to do to someone. <laughs> you yeah, know what is. I mean? That's a really <laughs> stupid fucking thing to do to someone. And I'm still afraid of ice skating. So fuck you, wherever you are. All right? Um, I don't hold grudges. That's fine. That was only 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Kaz and what I this? clearly do not know how to cry. Yes, that's the thing. So, so generally, when a dude so we were watches, we were watches. But when men are encouraged to express themselves with their clothing or with something in regards to their outerwear, they're encouraged to do it in a subtle way. Like, oh, if you're feeling interesting, why don't you wear your fun cufflinks, or yeah. why don't you wear a really fancy like tie clip, or you know, oh, why don't you? Uh, why don't you feel like, why, why don't you do power clashing? Why don't you wear like one color shirt and different color pants, but like nothing too crazy. So like the, the, the way in which men are uh, encouraged to express themselves, is very limited, which actually makes sense as to why we obsess over watches because maybe at least from a dude's perspective, there's not really anything else that we can purchase and wear that can express to people at the most general way, you know, our tastes and our style preferences well i I think that's why i also at least temporary or for temporary time i I got into sneakers which Mm -hmm. there's something cool about you know black shirt black jeans which is what i'm usually in uh, and like colorful jordans or something like that there's something interesting about the contrast in that sort of expression uh, but the sneaker culture is even more toxic, I think, than watch culture. So uh, I've been moving away slowly. But again, there's that subtlety in that expression. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's that is definitely one facet. I want to write that down. Expression. It's yeah. a mode. It's a mode of expression. That definitely is at least for at least. I, so I can speak from um, like a like 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 a watch collectors who are women in their perspective. But I just know as dudes. Yeah. We're not really supposed to tell people. No one. Listen, I'm a, I'm like a I'm like a third or a quarter aged man. No one gives a fuck how I feel. Man, I, I think you know for, what I mean. I think for I mean, just speaking for my wife, she's the watches that she's into. There has to be something aesthetically very specific that she mm-hmm. finds pleasing. Um, wherein I could wear a CWC diver that is not, you know remarkable in any way right uh, she would really want something that has a moon phase all the time right you know well it's like me and green watches green or teal watches yeah i love that shit your, your you know? day your day is just a little bit better exactly you know exactly so yeah that's definitely one a mode of expression at least you know speaking from a male perspective which is the only one that we're qualified to give an opinion on mm-hmm. um i wrote down one here i wanted to get your your thoughts on I think one of the things with watches that makes us happy, and this is probably a bit more salient just in regards to what's happening on Earth at the moment, it's almost, and this is more broadly speaking, watch collecting, it's almost a method of control. My thought process for this is if I exist in a world, which I do, where I feel like I have no control over anything around me, which I don't, I would feel a sense of pleasure from knowing a shit ton about something which made me feel like I was in control. So I am not in control of geopolitical factors which are essentially ruining my life and making me feel like I'm you know, not worth existing. Mm-hmm. That's out of my control. Yeah. However, if I know about movements 
and gear trains and crystal types and like all the stupid neckbeardy stuff. That is something for me to exercise control over because I know about it. I know how it works. I can even control it to the point of if I don't want to have any chronographs in my collection, I don't have to buy any chronographs. I you think know what I mean? I think you're experiencing or <clears throat> I think that's a degree of escapism. Um oh, that's interesting. This is this is all that we have right now. Yeah. When everything is burning down around us. <laughs> like that dog. It's like that dog meme. Remember my background back yeah. when we used to wear like dogs like this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at the very least, you know, and maybe it's the only time I would recommend um, plugging into social. You know, mm. if it's if it's your form of relaxation, by all means, go for it. Um, I don't think it's good to be plugged into social all day. But if you if you want to relax for 10 minutes before bed and check out some cool watches on a hashtag you follow, I, I think, you know, like you said, it's you know about this, you know about that movement, you know about that history behind that watch. Um, you know, if you follow hashtag Seiko Prospects or something, maybe you, yeah. maybe you just want to dig into that for a bit. Um that's a good that's a, that's a good point it's a it's a, a at a very general level it is a type of escapism because it offers people you know i guess control of how stimuli are affecting them so instead of going on your fucking facebook feed and hearing every stupid joe schmo's opinion about stuff that really doesn't fucking matter yeah you just go on instagram and like i said go to the seiko prospects hashtag or the two book washnops hashtag and just look at watches. That actually sounds quite nice. That sounds way nicer to me yeah. than like going and looking up like, you know, rising case numbers in Florida right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's actually I, I I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write down uh, escapism slash control because you understand everything that's happening. Yeah. Or like and and there's and there's nothing that's happening in that scenario also, which is like, I guess hurting you or hurting your day to day or has any like huge impact. It's also just like a like a, a method of delight. So I think that is definitely one aspect, escapism slash control. So, so far we have- Dude, and uh, even, even better if you're into servicing watches or just working on them. I'm sure, mm. I'm sure time either flies or stands still when you're working on a movement or something. Oh yeah, and you're generally in control. I mean, unless a spring bar shoots across the room or a mainspring hits you in the face, like you know, you're generally in control. Um, and it's yeah, again, it's it's an escape. So nothing in the world exists except for you and the uh, that movement you're working yeah. on. That sounds so nice. <laughs> Who should have gone to watch tech school? I think I think Nick Harris over at Orion Watch has got the right idea, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Let me see here. So we have uh, we have a mode of expression in regards to why watch collecting makes us happy. We also have escapism slash uh, control. Um, huh. I have one here that I think that I think was we do talk about a lot, but I, I think it's worth bringing up in this sense. Do you have one you want to bring up, or should I jump into mine? I have one that I've been, I've been reflecting on for a bit. Okay. It's kind of hard because I think you have to 
experiment with different budgets here and there hmm. uh, in watch collecting. But there's this weird thing that happens to me when I get... I often feel more happiness when I have something cheaper on my wrist than something more expensive. Interesting. And I don't I, I don't know why that happens. Um, you know, and I think it comes with... You know, you can read a ton of blogs um, about watches and it's like, this is a value proposition or this is great for the money. And you don't, you don't really understand that. It's actually, it's actually more than that. Um, I think a lot of watches are just objectively good. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of that is because they are priced that way. It's not a value proposition. It's not like this is good for them. I hate, this is good for the money. I can't stand that. <laughs> this is so good for the money. And I'm sure I'm guilty of writing it somewhere. Um, I am too. I am too. But um, there's there's real joy that I've been finding in wearing the Seiko. Um, you know, actually, before I was wearing the Seiko towards the end of the week, I was wearing another Seiko, that little mini turtle. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a whole week where I, I, I don't think I had anything on that was above four-figure price range. I might have yep. I might have taken a shot of the Black Bay on the uh on the slack channel one day but i don't i, I don't know if you experienced that <clears throat> like the, the days where you just put on your snk and you're you're like this thing is i i, I paid nothing for this you know <laughs> it's just it's so it's so so satisfying uh and i i think you really start to appreciate it after i don't know maybe having some more expensive watches and by expensive i mean something like your orient star like that's it's not a cheap watch no um, you know, something like the Black Bay is not a cheap watch. And I think achieving that kind of perspective, there's real joy behind that. Uh, and, and that's why I think I'll always have watches that are, you know, way below what people would refer to as expensive. Yeah. I think I, I have experienced that, but in pretty like specific doses. So obviously it happens with my SNK. Um, it also happens with that Timex MK1 aluminum chrono that I have. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's the, it's actually really funny you mentioned that because it's literally related to the one that I wrote down, but on the total opposite end of the spectrum. Hmm. So there's two spectrums we're talking about here. There's the one that you talked about where I'm wearing a watch that I maybe paid 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 bucks for, maybe 75 or 80 bucks. Cause I think I paid 70 for my um, little Seiko SNK. Um, uh, and I'm wearing this watch as a person that also has a watch collection with, you know, two or three or four thousand dollar watch and wearing this fifteen dollar watch in relation to not wearing my four thousand dollar watch really brings me uh, a lot of joy. So that's one end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. The other end of the spectrum, which I was going to talk about, is I feel like people see it as a weird uh, status symbol. I made it kind of thing if they wear a watch that they recognize is expensive like you know what i mean like when people because inevitably in watch collecting whenever you see a watch you always try and frame it in terms of a price point it's usually always brand and then price points you know yeah. brand movement price point something like that so when you see someone um like if you see someone uh, on like an, in like an airport and they're wearing uh daytona yeah. you immediately start thinking about price reference you know i see what you mean 
So I, I think. Oh yeah, that would bring me happiness if it's not necessarily. Um, and this is just speaking for me personally. If it's not necessarily a um, really recognizable watch, so uh, like the Panerai, for example, mm. which people on the feed are not a fan of, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, that's I don't I don't think somebody will see a Panerai on your wrist and think like, oh, look at that. I know that I know that thing. That thing is popular and expensive. Right. Which is great. I, I don't want that. But there is a personal happiness and satisfaction in knowing that I at one point pulled that off. I'm not making affirm payments on it or something like that. Like it's just Right. It's, it's a, a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. You know, so on the one end of the spectrum, there's a sense of accomplishment for the amount of money you spent, and on the other end, the sense of accomplishment for how much money you didn't spend. Right. But and that's, both do make you happy. But there is conflict there. Yes, there's, I agree. <laughs> there's conflict there, and there's conflict when you realize that, you know, some, something else is going on. I'm, I am now a parent. I'm now a homeowner. And yeah. there are so many other things that matter way more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my you know, washer and dryer broke, and so we went out and bought oh a new gosh. washer and dryer. I had to spend 1700 bucks. You know what I mean? That when you see those numbers in your head, seventeen hundred, do you see the number or do you see a watch? I see a watch. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I totally see a watch. I don't see numbers any. I don't see objective numbers anymore. I measure things in, re in regards to their like watch value. <laughs> that's like four Seikos. That's like four Seikos. Like, dude, that's like that's like a black bay with like a leather strap, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a sub with a, with a rubber strap from Everest. Like, I like I do I do watch math. Yeah, for everything. So I, I I feel for the collector that. Um, I feel bad for the collector that strictly limits themselves to either only cheap watches or worse, only expensive watches. Um, so if you're if you're living in a world where you're like, I'm only going to buy the best, most expensive one, no matter what, just because mm -hmm. it's the best and most expensive, you're you're never really going to get the joy of having something affordable on your wrist and realizing that this this is pretty cool. It's bringing me a lot of happiness right now. I agree. Um, and then maybe less so for the person who strictly says, I'm only going to buy $50 watches for the rest of my life. I mean, first of all, I'm fucking jealous. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I I think all I can say is treat yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I obviously people should always do what's appropriate for their finances. Yeah. So there's also the situation where 15 bucks is a cheap watch, but then in, in certain finances, two or 300 bucks is an expensive watch. Oh, yeah. But you got to plan that said, that. But that said, to your point, you know, there do there are certain instances where you do have to treat yourself like it's yeah. it's if your collection is comprised mainly of like. 10 or 15 dollar watches but maybe if you have a situation where you picked up an extra shift or if you get some kind of christmas bonus or yeah. if people send you you know money for christmas or whatever or if you like rob someone however regular people get money these days i'm not entirely sure and you find yourself in a situation where it's like hey you know i usually spend like 15 or 20 bucks on a watch but i'm actually in a situation where i can spend like 100 bucks on a watch i think it's okay to treat yourself I think that's part of it, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I, 
but but at the same time i think both those collectors need to not think of such a finite cap like i'm only going to buy ten dollar watches i'm only going to buy ten thousand dollar watches i think like most things there is some sort of balance that needs to be you know struck so um i will put here i will so what so i i have mode of expression i have escapism slash control what the fuck do i write for this accomplishment sense of Um, accomplishment i would say joy in any budget okay Joy in any budget. You don't, in order for you and your spouse to have a great night out, you don't You don't have to go to the best restaurant in town. No. $200 to plate. Oh my God. And then like mezzanine seats at a fucking opera, even though no one goes to operas anymore. Seriously, people do it ironically because they want to feel fancy. You know what I mean? Maybe an incredible night out is just like something super greasy or just like a, like a, like a, like a, like a po' boy that drips down to your elbows and just walking around at night, maybe that is also like the best thing you can possibly do. So joy in any budget is something that is definitely, you know, a watch collecting thing. I went to right, an so opera. I, think I went to an opera in back in a time when the world was normal. Yeah, how'd you like it? What'd you see? I saw boobs. Actual it's boobs. It's not, not what I asked you, but what opera did you see? <laughs> I forgot which one it was. Oh my gosh. Boobs, actual boobs. Like, 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 bo- like it's a rare commodity. I saw actual boobs, man. It was in it was in Venice, and people were there with their kids. And the opera house was like two centuries old. It had burned wow. down. It had burned down like once. Uh, the first scene was like a rape scene, and there were boobs. I'm like there are kids here. I did not know operas were like this. Operas are quite violent. Yeah. Jeez. Operas yeah. and plays are are quite violent, especially a lot of the old Greek ones and shit. You know. Anyway, <laughs> telling you, man. Um, so yeah, joy, joy in any budget. I, 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 I like that. I like that. I have one. I have one which is evil. I would okay. consider this an orological sin. Should I, should I go for it? I like it. I like where this is going. I think people find happiness in watch collecting because, on some level, they enjoy being a source of someone else's coveting desires. Okay. You know, I'm going to post by Iced Out Daytona because I know people want this watch. <laughs> I'm going to post my new blue dial Black Bay 58, which I'm going to reserve my comments on because I know the internet is aflame with this shit and yeah. people will love it and people want it. I think on some disgusting, just horrible level, of watch collecting humanity, some people enjoy being a source of someone else's coveting desires. A covetee, if you will. I you like know? I like that. Um gosh, I'm I, guilty of it. In the early days, I'm like, yeah, people love people love this watch, but you know what I mean? But like I've grown out of it, but I know whether but here's the best part about that, about this one, being a source of someone else's coveting desires. You don't realize it. Or you don't realize it in those terms. Yeah. You know? Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? There's one guy that I follow on Instagram, and his username is blanking on me. I think think he's in Dubai or somewhere over there. Mm -hmm. The guy collects... Excuse me. I, I, I like when that happens, but I like when it's not a money thing, you know? 
Right. So this guy, he'll post like once a month. It's like, oh, here's a new watch. And it'll be a dial that Rolex did once in the entire history of the company for mm-hmm. like the Prince of Qatar 30 years ago or, or something like that. <laughs> that's, and that's every watch that the guy posts is something yeah. to that level of rarity. Wow. And he f- somehow just gets all of them. Like a Comex Submariner, but the S is upside down. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a Rolex like that. If there is, he's got it. He's got um, it. So I, I I get that kind of joy. I, I think it's a little more interesting when it's not tied to concrete finances. Uh, like th- this right. is this is envy that I'm, you know, fanning the flames for. Uh, yeah. But just just because this costs X amount of money. Um. There was I a think vi- it's very real. Yeah, there was a viral video, uh, I think a couple months ago, of this rapper, 6 9 mm-hmm. looks like a troll and honestly subhuman in many ways. Um, I'm going to Google this. And he, uh, I have no idea who this person is. He was posting this like iced out Hublot with rainbow diamonds, and he's like, if you ain't got this watch, I don't care about you. You're a little boy. You don't exist to me. And I'm just like, oh my that- God. Dude, that's all right. You do you, and uh, so I, I I think that's I think that's kind of interesting, and I think it would bring joy if you know if you have something that is just kind of rare, uh, and maybe that's the source of that envy. But not the money thing. I, I don't know because I, I I think that joy is fleeting. If the money thing, yeah, no, I, I, I said so that. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I think there are people out there who do, and I would classify those people as wealth enthusiasts. So I'm not yeah. necessarily talking about a wealth enthusiast because a wealth enthusiast can be into anything expensive, cars, yeah, wine, fucking, I don't know, uh, I can't think of any other expensive things right now. But I'm talking about yeah. So to, to, I think I like the way you clarified it, like a rarity thing. Like you love being a covetee because of something rare. You know, you're flaunting. Um, I like that. So I do think on like a base level, that is a source of happiness for more people than they might realize. So are you cool if I add that to the list? Yeah. I'm going to find this user to... uh... Oh, yeah. So on Instagram, his name is Simon... Oof, I can't say this. Spell it. So Simon S I M O N the letters oh. the letter C and then his last name I guess Sifier which is S F E I R. He's got the rarest of everything. It it blows my mind. And I and I look at these watches just like Yeah, I get that it's expensive, but what fascinates me more is how rare they are. Hmm. He has a mill sub what? I gotta send you this mill sub. Sure is uh, a lot of FP Jorans on this page. <laughs> yeah, big FP Joran guy. Dude, let me slack you this mill sub. I've never seen one like this before. As co-founder. That's me. Look at this mill sub. What the fuck? Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. What is that with the Eastern Arabic numerals? 
Looks like it. Next to the big loom plots, which yeah. is against the MOD spec. That should not exist that way. How did that happen? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I see that and I'm just like, wow, that's. I'm sure he feels some kind of satisfaction in knowing that he's probably the only dude in the world with something like I'm that. Sh- I'm sure. I'm totally sure. So it, we have what we have. We have so far watches make us happy because they're a mode of expression. They're a form of escapism slash control. Um, they allow us to express joy in any budget while also finding balance. And then I'll, I'll I put it down here. Watches bring us joy because sometimes they can be a source of coveting thoughts from others. Mm-hmm. You know. So let me see what I wrote here. I have another one which is terrible. Uh, do you, are there that you want to that you want to do before I do this one? No, I want to hear this. <laughs> I think, like many collecting niches, um, and this is one that people are more aware of, because especially these days, people are trying to have more awareness around like like um, mental health and mental wellness and things like that. But I think watches lend themselves really well to easing themselves too comfortably into addictive personalities. You know what I mean? There is something about watches which feeds that addictive quality that I think in some more than others, our brains do crave. I've experienced this in several of my collecting niches. Um, back in the day, it was Pokemon cards. It was an addictive quality to buying a pack of cards, seeing what was in there, and either getting a high from getting the cards that I wanted or continuing to chase that high because that deck or that, that you know that 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 pack didn't have it. Let me buy another pack of cards, and then just getting into that sort of that sort of cycle. Same thing with comic books. After that, it was comic books. You know, it fed the the and this this is it, this probably aligns more closely with watches. What fed my addictive personality with comic books was, you know, going online, hitting eBay, and looking and looking at conditions, looking at uh, having a, like a list of of, of books. And issue numbers that I wanted, um, and just scouring and looking and looking and looking, and either riding the high of finding what I wanted and trying to get it, or continuing to chase that high because you know I didn't find it on this. I spent three hours this evening looking. I didn't find it. I'll wake up tomorrow morning, spend another few hours looking. I'll chase the high tomorrow. That I think is more analogous with um, addictive personalities and watches in that, at least for me with like Soviet watches, I'll be on eBay just looking at stuff, looking for yeah. something that's the perfect condition, looking for that super rare, you know, Soviet watch bottle um, that I've just wanted to add to the collection. Uh, recently, it's been a Slava that is a California dial that's black, but the numerals are pink. It's really cool. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of them went to Italy. I like a lot of Slavas went to Italy. So, people, so like you know, just con- continually trying to ride the high of getting that thing that I want to chase a feeling that something else gave me before. I want to chase the same high I got from finally getting my Slava medical by chasing and getting another another watch. So it's it's a it's a sort of addictive consumerism. You know what I mean? I think. Uh, to some some degrees more than others, most people crave um, that kind of satisfaction. You know what I mean? What do you think? Is that am I maybe reading into it too much? Maybe by being too personal? Because not everyone might feel the same way that I do in regards to that kind of addictive quality with of watch collecting. 
Now, thankfully, it doesn't cost much for you to chase that high mm. in Soviet watches. Um, if you're that's doing, true. If you're doing that with <laughs> Submariners, that's a different story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I get it. You know, that's so that was kind of something that I think. And actually, you know what's funny? Instagram feeds into that. Instagram oh, yeah. totally feeds into that. The addiction of not necessarily looking for a watch to purchase, but just scrolling through a feed and trying to spot watches that make you happy or that you enjoy on like an aesthetic level or because you know how rare they are or because you are looking for them. I mean, in this case, situation, you could be looking for them. You know what I mean? So just scrolling through Facebook, it's super easy to continue to chase that high just by dragging your thumb down a screen and then like double tapping or not double tapping like yeah. that if you've ever experienced that cycle of being stuck in either a Facebook feed or an Instagram feed you have experienced um, you know the phrase chasing the high that's what you're doing I think more people do it than they realize oh yeah you know so that to me I whether you can interpret it as a good thing or a bad thing that to me I think does actually qualifies a source of happiness within watch collecting it allows people to exercise and feed their more addictive personality traits just remember to like hug your kids after they can hug themselves they have arms <laughs> I never got hugs <laughs> my dad hit me with a fish with a baseball what do I need hugs for oh boy I don't know. So the, the, the addictive quality, I think, is one people need to face and be more more aware of. I'm not saying if it's a good or a bad thing. Obviously, addiction in regards to like substances is never really a good thing unless that substance is like water. Right? You know, water is good for you. Or celery. I think celery is good for you, too. You know what I mean? It's really good for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, but like crack, I don't think that's good for you. It's not, but I bet it's really good. It's probably delicious if those people wouldn't do it. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we have the explicit tag on iTunes. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm just saying. <laughs> maybe there's something to all these people do it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Man. Obviously, we're not advocating the use of crack cocaine. Please don't do crack. Yeah, don't. Don't. Don't just don't do it, guys. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna add that to the list. It feeds addictive personality traits. Honestly, you know, you could argue this, it could actually be an, a better outlet to feed addictive personality traits than other more caustic addictive personality traits overeating. That's true, uh, or that's, something more illicit like substance abuse. You know what I mean? That's that's I, how I argue with my wife over this. It's like, well. <laughs> I know I bought 40 Seikos this year, but at least I'm like addicted to gambling. Or at least, at least I don't do crack, sweetheart. Yeah. All right. Because your choices are me buying Seikos or doing fucking crack. Yeah. You know. I, I think I think that happens a lot with with hobbies that dudes get into, like mm -hmm. up to cars and motorcycles and God knows what else. But um, yeah, it's the lesser of two evils, right? One of the one of the interesting uh, uh, kind of like outlets that I've seen people who with addictive personalities use, um, especially if they're in like alcoholic addiction, alcohol addiction recovery, or more illicit uh, substance abuse addiction recovery, it's like yoga or something physical, like exercise. Like that is Dude, them. yoga sucks. I well, hate yeah, that I mean, shit. 
Well, I mean, it's not for you and I, Michael, but like some people are like super into yoga. And I know there are some people who, instead of trying to chase the high of something else like alcohol or crack or whatever the fuck it is, they'll pour that mental energy into chasing almost akin to like a stretcher's or a runner's high with yoga. Dude, I'm a pretty active person. I'm I'm not. I'm in the gym maybe five times a week. If I'm not there, I'm running. But still, when I sit down and do yoga, I'm just like, oh, stick your head between your, like under your crotch. Like, just do it. It's so easy. I'm like, no. (laughs) Oh, just lift your knee and whistle into your own taint. It's like, yeah, none of that seems like possible or really pleasurable to me. You know what I mean? Well, I know. The thing is, some dudes are super into yoga. I know, um, I don't know if he's still into it, but like Russell Brand, that comedian. uh, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye, super into yoga, you know. Yeah, so some people Russell, obviously, dude. Russell Brand can also give you like forty orgasms just whispering into your ear. It's not like a real person. <laughs> just to clarify, Mister Brand, if you are listening, you're, you're like you're definitely not like a real person. All right, just want to make sure that was clear and articulated to you. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's it's. But I think the thing, the thing that I think the thing that I was trying to focus on is that if you have an addictive personality, it's probably better if you're into watches as yeah. opposed to something more fucked up, or even something that's legal and fucked up. Yeah, it's way too easy, especially here in the United States, to overeat. Oh my gosh! Or to eat shittily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. That's totally allowed. That's totally legal. But you get the same sort of um, dopamine relaxation high from overeating as you would potentially get from you know some other type of illicit substance or something like that. So maybe instead of doing damage to your body, you could do damage to your wallet and just get into watches. <laughs> or I, I, I've always wondered about the kind of release I would experience if I just bought a shitty Seiko for $5.00 off ebay and it's broken and i just crack open the case back and break things and then see how they work you know it might be quite it might be quite pleasing yeah you know what i mean either either watch collecting or you know getting technical with watches modding them um fixing the movements or even just taking movements apart to see what's in there and how everything works yeah so i i i think the 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 idea of watch collecting bringing us happy as a source of pleasing addictive personality traits, maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a healthier avenue to channel your addiction through. Yeah. You know, here, I'll, t- I'll write that. Healthy addiction avenue. <laughs> not realistically, I mean, because it, it's way too easy to be addicted to some other fucked up shit that's terrible, you know? Yeah. Healthy addiction. Is that ambulance on your side or my side? It's definitely not my side. Or maybe, or maybe, maybe, maybe it is on my side. No, these new headphones block out like all exterior noise. <laughs> so I wasn't sure. You, you, you can hear what's around me better than I can hear what's around me right now. I think my wife just got attacked by a bag of onions. Like a small bag, or like a or, or like a or like a mulch size bag. I just heard like a mulch size bag of fruit or vegetables fall onto the floor. Hope she's okay. She's laughing. I'm sure, she's fine. 
is she like Joker or I just fell into a vat of chemicals laughing or is she like oh this is humorous because it's produce laughing because uh, one of those laughings is much better than the other she, one. she's done one of those one of those is more sustained than the other so I think <laughs> super cool but yeah those were those were the ones that I wanted to 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 highlight any other sources of ha- well actually no there's one more there is one more that I, that I, that, that, I, that I do do you want to highlight and it's what's, probably the what's your final it might be the same one that I have it's the most simple one. Okay. It's that I think watches watches are a source of happiness for us because sometimes it's just nice looking at pretty things. Yeah. There's there is the there is the objective, most rudimentary aesthetic quality possible. Mm-hmm. I love green dial watches. Boom. That yeah. brings me joy because I love the color green. You know, green, green, and like anything that's on the green or teal spectrum, I am all about. Like that Fender Seafoam green, I painted my fucking office that color. Yeah. That's why all my goddamn wash photos are green. But we both don't <laughs> like the Hulk. It's too green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's man. like someone's trying to overcompensate for green. It's like the astroturf of green. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need to really look like grass. So I better be super fucking green. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I would say that the last one that I want to highlight is just the sense of community that comes with it. Um, mm, that's and, a good point. And I think it's it's a really good point to consider for people like us who are not necessarily interested in interacting with other humans. Absolutely um, not. You know, I, I look at just the Slack channel here and who's in here right now. It's like, you know, I, I probably wouldn't mind sitting down with, you know, anyone here and just talking shit, even yeah. if, it, if, if it wasn't watches. It's uh, watches are, are a good barometer to measure uh, social compatibility. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I like the people. I tend to like people that are into watches. I'll, That's I'll, a really good point. I think I'll, you can I'll say that for it. you can say that for any kind of collecting thing. Also, it's just a, a, a social barometer. I like that phrase for you to determine who you can be friends with. Yeah. Um, as a point of recap, watches make us happy because. Their mode of expression. Um, we're speaking from a male point of view because that's the only one we're qualified to speak from. Um, watches are also a source of escapism slash control over your environment, especially when you can just like neckbeard geek out and just really own technical knowledge, or even just um, like 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 taking apart a watch and just pegging it back together. Um, also, you know, watches are a source for joy in any budget, whether that's low budgets or you know super high budgets while also striking a balance. Um, also, on the more darker end of the spectrum, watches make us happy because they are a source of coveting thoughts. Sometimes people like having or expressing or sharing something that makes other people, you know, covet, coveting what they got, being a covetee, essentially. Um, in addition to that, they are, as we argued, a healthy addiction avenue. It's Seiko's or Crack. I, I think it's a great shirt. Can we make that TVWS shirt? Yeah. Honey, comma, it's Seiko's or crack. <laughs> I'm a good person, I swear. Oh, I promise. <laughs> um, in addition to that, there's also the aesthetically pleasing quality of watches. I mean, there's just at the end of the day, people have certain um, style preferences or design sort of inclinations that they like. People who like more modern design will be attracted to watches that maybe have more 
modern flair. Or maybe the inverse. Maybe if your normal style predilections are super, super, like, ornate or super, like, like you know, uh, uh, elaborate, maybe your watch tastes are on the opposite end of the spectrum because of that and your watch tastes are super simple. Like, there's the aesthetic quality in that people just like looking at pretty things, man. I, I like looking at pretty shit. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final aspect, aptly closing on... You know, watch as a source of happiness because of the community aspect. I mean, it's it is a way at the end of the day for us to meet people, meet friends, make friends. Because the older we get, it's just I've learned it's just harder. It's not harder to make friends. It's harder to be in situations where you can determine like friendships. Yeah, I don't go to school anymore. I don't have lunches. I'm not in college anymore. I'm not in work groups. I'm not in classes. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want to be work with people. I, I. I. I don't want friends with people at work. That sounds fucking horrible. You know what I mean? So watches as a community aspect, actually, you know, is is a wholesome source of happiness. So those are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven sources of of happiness that we think you know stem from watches. So here, let's do this. Uh, it's probably time to start rounding it out. Um, Michael, super happy you were able to join me this week um, after you taking a break last week. Uh, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Baird and I, definitely check it out. It was super fucking cool talking to American Watches. But in regards to this week's episode, episode 183, Michael and I had a blast talking about, um, you know, why do watches make us happy slash happiness behind watches? Question mark. Uh, those sources of happiness, again, they're a mode of expression. They're a form of escapism slash control. They allow us to express joy or experience joy at any budget. Um, they allow us to be the coveting, you know, aspects of people's predilections. Also, it's a healthy avenue for addiction. Um, there's the aesthetic quality as well, just looking at pretty things. And then obviously there's a community aspect. Let us know your thoughts on those fucking six, seven, or eight um, aspects of what we think, you know, about watches makes us happy. Also, share any aspects that you think we might have missed. You know, why do watches make you happy or why do you think they make you happy? In addition to that, huge thank you to um, Watches Off and My Scurfa Story for joining us on the Patreon Audio Risk Check Shoutout. If you want to get in on the Patreon Audio Risk Check Shoutout as well, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash twobrokewatchjobs and check out the details there. In addition, thank you to everyone that uses our Amazon affiliate link. Um, that's a great way of supporting the show. As always, we are basically crowdfunded. Um, we might be the only jerks out here not chasing, like, I don't know, sponsorships and brand deals like we do them but we're super selective but for the most part we knew it was the best thing to do for our show to basically have every one of your best interests in mind and so the crowdfunding model just kind of just kind of made sense so thank you if you use our amazon affiliate links um if you have any questions on that just hit us up at um instagram so it's at two broke watch snobs uh, or you can uh, hit us up on the website, twobrokewatchstops.com, or as always, you can hit us up on email. Just understand there's going to be a delay in response, tbws.contact.gmail.com. That email again is tbws.contact uh, at gmail.com. Bam, almost fucked it up. Um, yeah, hope everyone enjoyed the show. I think that's it, Michael. Is it that, is it that sad time? Did I forget anything? Good show. I think it was a good show. Is it okay? I guess we should. I guess we should do this. Should we let everyone? Should we let everyone go? Should we let them get back to their days? 
Yep. <clears throat> Thanks for listening, everyone. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. Later. Later.